At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense. With personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk. So you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care? That's a job for Jiffy. And we're back after a little break. I have lots of little breaks, don't I? This is a very special episode. Two amazing singers with two great stories that I came across completely by chance. Subscribe on iTunes or Headstuff to make sure you hear about new episodes. And if you like this episode, please make sure you leave a rating or a nice comment on iTunes. And a big thanks to those who have been doing that. Because apparently it helps you go up in the charts, which is really cool. Wouldn't it be lovely to have a number one? Anyway, it's really nice just to hear that people are enjoying the episodes. Actually, that was a filthy, downright dirty lie. It's not enough to know that people like it. I want a number one. Is that too much to ask? So, get reviewing and writing. Right, let's get going. Here's the crappy music. Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit different because in previous episodes I talk to people about things they have done, but my guests today are just getting started. They don't know each other, they're from different parts of the world and from different backgrounds, but they have one thing in common. They have incredible voices. Also, they have gut-wrenching soul. Okay, that's two, two things in common. Hallie Ridgway is still in school, she's 17 years of age, and Kiani Starr is 25. Now, both of these girls are still really young, but when they sing, they channel the spirits of the great old goddesses of soul. But you'll hear that for yourself later on. The night I first saw Hallie was one of the strangest experiences of her life. She was on a night out with her sisters to see Adina Menzel, and something unexpected happened. I met Kiani completely by chance. Her epic tale involves Mark Ronson... And PJ Gallagher. And yes, that's the first time those names have ever been used in the same sentence. She told us the story behind this line in Uptown Funk. Now, I would like to tell you that I went searching, used contacts and journalistic sources to find the right guests, but I absolutely didn't. <laughs> they just fell into my lap through random series of events. And sometimes things happen like that that you could never have foreseen. And if there's one person that knows about this, it's Hallie. My sister, she was like, put her arm out and she's like, she can sing. And then she looks at me and she goes, can you sing? And I was like, yeah. On the 20th of June, I had a Saturday night off, which is rare for a comedian. And me and my other half went to see Adina Menzel. Now, long-time listeners of this show will know that I love a musical. And Adina Menzel is a big Broadway star. But these days, she's probably more well-known for this. Let it go. But before that, she was the lead in Wicked, and before that again, she was in the original production on Broadway of Rent. And that's where the story picks up. One of the famous songs from Rent is a duet called Take Me or Leave Me. And she sang a verse. So, uh, you know, the song is actually a duet, right? It's sung between two. Two women, you know, but it can, we can do 
when this started, my heart sank. I thought, no, don't do it, Adina. It's going to be a load of tone-deaf Dubliners roaring lines of a great song into a mic. I thought, oh, God, this is going to be awful. Lots of people were volunteering themselves, and there were a group of girls shouting for their sister. Pick her, pick her. And Adina Menzel got Hallie to stand up. And this happened. This clip is on YouTube, but what I don't think it captures is how crazy the place went for her. There was a good atmosphere in the room anyway, but when Hallie sang, it was like a spark hitting petrol. It was great to witness a moment like this. It's like, it's the magic of something live. And it was like seeing a shooting star or Haley's Comet or something. Because anyone that I spoke to afterwards that had been at that gig, the first thing they would say was, oh my God, when that girl sang, it was unreal. Now, at that time, I had no idea even of what Hallie's name was. I couldn't remember. But a couple of months later, I was gigging in Belfast. We were backstage chatting and somebody mentioned singers. And I started my story saying, oh, I went to Adina Menzel and guess what happened? And while I was talking, Matthew Collins, a comedian and supercomputer research genius from BBC's Great Unanswered Questions, handed me his phone and said, there she is. And sure enough, it was Hallie's Facebook page. So I contacted her about doing an interview and 17-year-old Hallie told her mother Anya that a guy that she didn't know from the internet wanted to meet her, to chat, and could she go around to my apartment. Now that was not my finest moment. A couple of days later, Hallie and her mum Anya called around for a cup of tea and we had this chat. And I have to say, she's an absolute sweetheart. I didn't realise you are... 17? Yeah, no one really knows. <laughs> they 17. always think I'm around 19, 20. And like, that's with no makeup and then with makeup. They're like, oh yeah, you're 21. I'm like, no, <laughs> 17. <laughs> so are you, are you in school now? Yeah, you, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, people that are listening to this podcast, they probably won't have heard of Hallie Ridgeway. Mm. Yes. <laughs> We're going to say yes at the end of that, okay? Because uh, I first saw you, I went to see Adina Menzel. Yeah. Like everybody who likes a musical in Dublin, because she was in the Borgash Theatre and she was brilliant. And she was the best thing we'd seen singing that night until... <laughs> Until she decided to sing Take Me or Leave Me from Rent. Yeah. Uh, and she needed people from the audience to join in. Yeah. And what happened? So basically, she just came down off the stage and she's there, Oh, this is a duet. I need someone to sing with me. And I had my hand up, like, Oh, pick me. It wasn't even like, I want it. It was just like, Oh, pick me. And then where I was sitting was at the edge. And there was no one in front of us. So as she was about to walk by, and I was starstruck from her just walking by me. like, And then my sister, she was like, put her arm out. And she's like, she can sing. And then she looked at me and she goes, can you sing? And I was like, yeah. I got, no, like, my heart was racing. Like, I didn't know how to react. And then she was like, I love your eyeliner. And I was like, oh my God, she's talking to me. Oh, wow. And this was like, and then she's like, oh, where do you want to start? And I was like, I, I, I don't know. And then my sister literally... 
she put her hand straight down to calm me and then like I was like grand she oh, gave wow. me the microphone and then I just sang and then after it was like I went from one extreme to the other and the minute the mic was handed to me I was like I just froze I, I just sang I just it came out and then when it was over I was just I could I, I was crying I didn't know how yeah. to react and then when she went around and she got two other people to sing with her and then she was like, Hallie, come up to the stage. And, and then she was like, oh, yeah, you two come up to the stage. And then we just got to sing again. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, well, oh. the dream comes. Like, I forgot one of the word. I forgot, uh, like, a line in the song. And I was like, oh, my God. And she was like, I can't go. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. <laughs> so is singing in your family? Um, well, I'm fostered. So, so, like, like when I came to my family, I was literally singing and dancing coming in. And like I used to just watch movies, songs, the music channel twenty four seven, nonstop, and like I guess just. Wow. So yeah. it, so you you were just literally uh, a singer and dancer coming into this family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was everyone like, oh my god. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be brilliant. <laughs> we got a really really good one. And like I remember for my um like twelfth birthday, uh, my mom got me, uh. A recording studio gig and I got to sing a song oh, in an wow. actual recording studio. At what age? At 12. 12 years yeah. old. Because you don't have the voice of a 17 year old girl. You no, have the voice everyone says that, yeah. A blues singer <laughs> in like a New York downtown <laughs> nightclub. Yeah, I mean, New you, Orleans. You, you have a really, yeah, that's exactly. And it's, it's really mature and it's really, it's really powerful and strong. And anyone that's listened to this have to go and see the clip on, on your YouTube page yeah, of, yeah. of the whole thing with Adina because <laughs> it was unbelievable. Because it was, and even, I was kind of delighted it was online mm. because I was like, oh, I've been talking about this and people can actually go and see it. <laughs> oh no, it was such a great experience. Like, And what else do you do um, when you're singing? Do you, are you in a club or do drama, drama oh yeah I'm in um, the MVW talent agency Ireland okay. it's uh, Maureen Ward and she just does singing in just in town there okay. St. Stephen's Green and like have, I do sing with her and she coaches me and yeah. have you been in musicals or have you recorded anything Um, not really what did I do uh RTE actually. Oh, yeah. Love <laughs> get it in there. Right into the RTE. RTE. Um, I did RTE. Um, where was I? Fourteen, I think it was. Okay. And what? Thirteen. Thirteen. You were thirteen. Yeah, okay. And, and um, it was it telly or radio? Telly. Oh wow. And it was a show called Sing. Oh right. I don't think. Yeah, it was a show called Sing, and it's basically a singing show, a game, singing game show, like, and you have to guess the word of the song. Oh, I, I do remember that, actually. Yeah, and then I got to sing the, um, you know, Gold Digger. The she take my hand, that oh, part. Wow. And I got to sing that. And like, even at that, like everyone was like, how old are you? I'm 13. They're like, what? And they're like, what? And they didn't, couldn't believe it. Because like, you have such a strong voice. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> It's like it's an one, amazing voice. Yeah, like I'm not one to take compliments. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't really, I wouldn't, like if someone was like, oh, can you sing? I'm like, I like to think I can. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, we, we, this is what we need to know this time. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. And I think Adina Menzel, yeah. I think she did well to follow him. <laughs> like, well and done, Like Adina. everyone, even after, everyone was like, so was that planned before? I was like, no. Yeah, because really then I kind of wondered, but I'm so glad. Because I think if you'd have come here and said, well, um, we'd met Adina the previous day. And we'd, we'd oh, no. Four times. <laughs> like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> it was completely random. Like, I went in. With my two sisters, and we were just sitting, and we were like, oh my god, we're going to see Adina. We got the um, program, we're like, oh my god, yeah, we're going to see Adina, yeah. oh my god. 
And then she started singing. We were crying when she started singing uh, The Fine and Gravity. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, my God. And then, what was it? And then, even at the end, when she was doing Let It Go, Oh yeah. She came yeah. over to me and she was like, Girl, I got to sing oh, the yeah, I got to sing yeah. that part as well. I was like, she came over again. Oh wow. <laughs> but like I got to hug her about fifty times. Like there was one point I was like, I'm gonna take you home. I love you so much. Oh wow. She was just amazing. Like And so what do you you're seventeen now, so yeah. you're you're in school, you're doing are you doing leaving sessions? Leaving yeah. Oh, big year. So what's the plan? Um hope I wanna do just early childhood education, just the okay. PLC and that get year and that and just have that under Even my Beyonce belt. Has a backup plan. Yeah, and then <laughs> <laughs> Oh but she's flawless anyway, she can do anything. Whatever, she couldn't do that. <laughs> and then after um Maureen's helping me at the moment with auditions, so Okay. And then I wanna go over to England hopefully and do either like, you know, singing theater, <laughs> basically singing. musical theatre yeah. and do you want is it musical theatre or is it like recording or like, like or is it what just do you have a plan? Like, I just want to be out there you know I want to be in that industry and singing and doing something that I love basically so and does it is it daunting that um, I suppose if you want like the musical theatre training and stuff yeah. that's London yeah because like there, there isn't really that here isn't yeah, it? No, sure there, there isn't. isn't there really isn't and Nothing it's big money too yeah it is See, that's the problem. That's See, right. Maureen was saying to me, if you go to places outside of London, they're usually cheaper. Yeah, Manchester. So like she was like Essex, Essex, Liverpool. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's there helping. She's gonna be helping me. We um picking a place and cool. Oh, helping me out with auditions and yeah. Yeah and so. yeah. Oh, you can just do a concert in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> But oh, I'll do I'll do comedy. We're comedians. <laughs> <laughs> you can just thank us all on the album. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And um, so okay, so you're going musical theatre. Okay, so you've got a few months to leave. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if people want to look you up or if they want to get in touch, yeah. Obviously, um, firstly they need to get through Mammy. Yeah. We need to stress that. <laughs> We've learned you have to get through Mammy if you want Holly. Well done, Mammy. <laughs> uh, would you mind singing a little bit? Yeah, all right. What would you like? Budget, a bit of taking it yeah. Um, okay, I still actually can't remember that line that she was singing. <laughs> Every single day I walk down the street, I hear people say, Baby, so sweet. Ever since puberty, everybody stares at me, boys, girls. I can't help it, baby. So be kind and don't lose your mind. Just remember that you're my. Now, around the same time I was telling people about my night at Adina Menzel, I heard the end of an interview with Mark Ronson. He was excited about a gospel singer he had found from Mississippi. She had been thrown out of the choir by her father, who was the pastor, because she had gotten pregnant and had started to sing in nightclubs instead. Now, Mark Ronson had found her and was now working with her and he guaranteed the interviewer that she was going to be a big star. It sounded like a great story and I wrote her name down on a piece of paper, which I lost about five minutes later. A couple of months later, I was doing interviews to promote my show in the Dublin Tiger Fringe with Chris Kent. And after I did the 4FM breakfast, 
breakfast show, me and my old mate PJ Gallagher went for a coffee in the Gibson Hotel. And we got chatting to a girl in the coffee shop, someone that we thought was the waitress. Looking at the three arena through the window, having coffee. And uh, I don't know, some big food event or something on. They were putting up these yeah, big green tents. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was like, we didn't know what it was for, what was going on. And we thought she, this woman that was sitting beside us was working on it because her hoodie was the same colour as these big green things. <laughs> I can't, and I can't remember which one of us, but one of us turned around to her and says, what's going on over there? And she was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. We, and then we, because we thought she was a waitress. It never dawned on us that a woman with two suitcases wouldn't be a waitress from the event that was about to happen across the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she definitely wasn't a waitress. <laughs> and she was like, she seemed, she kind of seemed very humble because she was like, oh no, I, no, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I was, I'm just here because I was singing. Yeah, she was humble at the start. Like, yeah. <laughs> She was though, yeah. like, oh, you're a singer. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah. And then, and, oh, were, you, were you singing in here? And she then we we got everything then. I yeah, mean, yeah, because she was saying then. No, I was singing over here. I'm like, oh, who are you? Who? Why? Why were you in the O2? Who are you? Yeah. Then we got everything. Then we yeah, got then like, we got the whole story. Oh, we got the whole lot. We got the we the religious background, the choir background, the house religious <laughs> yeah. group. That she was a ma. We got all of that. And our taxi she was just waiting on the taxi. So we got an awful lot of information and quite a compressed amount of time. Yeah. Very and smart. photographs. And photographs. <laughs> we got photographs. Yeah. I forgot about them. Yeah, and then I then I carried her I was a gentleman, carried her cases. You did, but to be Just, fair, yeah, you were trying to get her for your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a gentlemanly thing, you're like, I need to get her on my own. Yeah. Spring the request on when it's awkward that she won't really want to say no. Yeah, when I have all her belongings in my hands. <laughs> yeah. Going, do you want like, do you want this back or... Or no, will I just, just empty your shit into the shore and we can do... There's a couple of ways we can do it. Yeah, it happened way more gentlemanly than that. She told us how she had been discovered by Mark Ronson and had recorded a song for his album, Uptown Special. She even told us that Bruno Mars was so taken with the way she says the name of her hometown, Jackson, Mississippi, that he copied it for the line in Uptown Funk. Things are happening for Kiani really, really fast. Her song, I Can't Lose, was released as a single last summer and she was all over the place. She was in festivals, she was on TV all over the world and now she's recording her debut album. I got to chat to her when she was back home in Jackson and she was absolutely fantastic to talk to. She has a really great outlook and with a voice like that, she's going to be huge. It was so cool to run into the other day. That was so funny the way that happened. It was cool. It was kind of cool. And like listening to your interview, I was like, oh, those hoodies were so warm. I had to get one. And I figured, I, I didn't even know like the O2 was even like a big deal. Yeah, you know? the O2, yeah. It's, it's one of the biggest, like it's one of the biggest venues in Ireland. I, uh, I did know. I just kind of showed up, you know. <laughs> yeah, just rocked up to do a few songs. I know. It was just a cold night in Ireland and I just wanted a hoodie. I wasn't prepared. It's summertime where I'm from. Tell me, whereabouts in the world are you now? I am in Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. That's down south. Yes. If I have my geography right. And Southern Bell. A Southern Bell, exactly. Um, and tell us, okay, basically your career has just taken off in a big way. Right. Definitely has. I kind of just woke up in a dream. If people don't know, people that are listening to this, you are the voice of uh, Mark Ronson's new single, uh, I Can't Lose. So you yes. are that, uh, you're that raspy, throaty, sexy lady <laughs> uh, singing that song. Yes. And what age are you? I am 25 years old. And you've got the voice yes. of this jazz 
uh, <laughs> diva who has been singing in smoky jazz bars for years. Your voice is unbelievable. Thank you so much. That's awesome. That's an awesome description. It makes me blush. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us, how did all that come about uh, with Mark As Ronson? far as my... Oh, with Mark Ronson. I thought you were saying my voice. I'm like, I don't know. I smoke a pack of cigarettes today. I'm lying. <laughs> but um, no, with Mark Ronson, I'm actually, uh, like I said, I'm from Clinton, Jackson, Mississippi. And I've been singing my entire life. I'm a pastor's kid. You know, grew up singing in churches um, and basically singing around the city. And Mark and Jeff Basker were going around the South looking for like that Southern soul, like that Southern grit. Um, they had already previously written, I can't lose. So they, um, from my understanding and based off, you know, just interviews, they were saying that they were going around looking for like the next young Shaka Khan. And yeah. um, yeah, so they came around and actually in my city, I had a friend who gave me a call. He's a singer as well. He was like, hey, some guys from California, some producers, they want to hear some people sing. You should just go check it out. And um, me being me, I mean, I had I had to sing somewhere that night. So I really, I had no clue who Mark was. So I really just didn't take it as an opportunity or anything serious. I just was like, oh, you want to hear some singers? You know, you're in my city, so I'm going to sing. And, uh, and do you and, remember, uh, the, how did the audition go? I know, I remember the audition like it was yesterday. Like, you know, now that I know that it was definitely, a, you know, it made a major impact in my life. I remember like his outfit, he came in with these blue and green schoolboy plaid pants with like this navy blue letterman with his hair slicked back. Yeah, it was, it was, and I, when I saw him, I immediately started cracking jokes because I'm like, you're not from here. Like, who, where are you from? <laughs> like, who are you and why are you here? So, yeah, so when I saw him, I was like cracking jokes, you know, kind of like making, making jokes about his outfit, not in a bad way, like basically complimenting his swag, telling him he was fly. And like, next time he saw me, I probably would have a similar outfit on. Well, he, <laughs> He said that when he saw you, he thought you just looked so badass. And they just said to each other, God, you know, if only she had the voice we're looking for. And clearly you did. I know. Yeah, clearly I did. And it's funny because I'm such a sweetheart. And for people to say that I look so badass, you know, it's kind of funny. But um, but trust me, I ain't going to kill it. But don't push me. So, no. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm really a cool, laid-back girl. So when I think... The description of badass was, I mean, I'm really kind of like, I'm really like a hippie rock star. I think that's like the best way to describe me. And what did so, you sing for him? What What was the song that stole his heart? I actually sang um, an old song. I sang a couple of songs. We sang a Lauryn Hill song. And I also sang an Anita Baker song, Sweet Love, Anita Baker, Sweet Love. Oh, that's a great song. I'm an old song, old song. That, yeah, that is a brilliant song. Funky. <laughs> I know. And, yes, can't deny the funk. And in, uh, like, in Jackson, Mississippi, were you known as, uh, you know, did they like, did people know you? Were you singing in bars or, uh, like, did were you were you um, where was your singing career before you met Mark Ronson? Prior to Mark Ronson, um, I was definitely I was locally singing around my city in Jackson. Um, I was definitely known in Jackson. Uh, so basically, I was out here grinding, grinding, singing. Wherever there was a microphone, that would be a Keanu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, singing, um, writing, performing. Uh, and had you had you done studio stuff before then, or? Yes. Um, 
I've like I'm 25. I've literally like been singing my entire life, kind of like feeding back off of Mark's story about me. Um, I'm a pastor's child, so their main their main reason for coming to the South was, you know, Southern people were known for like the you know being Mississippi is like the 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 religious belt, like yeah. the church belt. So to come to the South, you're basically looking for a distinct, unique type of soul. You know, it's not just like a it's a it's a it's a marinated soulfulness, yes. if I could say. You know, it's such a seasoned soulfulness. It's something that something somebody can't teach you. It has to. It just has to. It's kind of like passion know? from your guts. Yeah, yeah. It, it gotta come from your guts. It gotta come from your guts. It gotta come from your soul. So, um, yeah, he was actually looking for looking in churches, like for his singer. And um, I just happened to be a pastor's daughter, and I actually kind of stopped singing in church. I never stopped singing in church, but uh, after I got pregnant with my daughter, being a pastor's child, I was unable to sing in church, like in the choir, uh, because I basically was pregnant out of wedlock, not being married, pregnant. I was 19, 20. So uh, my dad made me step down from the choir. So that was kind of like my motivation to say, okay, I want to sing. This is my passion. And I don't necessarily have to sing in a church to pursue my passion. And did that must have broken your heart a little bit when you had to step down. <clears throat> yeah, it was definitely disheartening. Um, but, you know, now I can say it made me a better person. But being that something at that point, all that I knew, you know, other outside of, singing in choral music like school choirs yeah i was really like strictly church singing but, but after that experience it kind of motivated me to i would say find myself find my true voice wow and is that when you started singing in uh bands and and in clubs and stuff yes. like that that was that oh. is exactly when i started singing in so you went right over to the dark side <laughs> yeah ah, right rebel 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 yeah <laughs> and when you know when you did like that, you know, you met Mark Ronson and you did that audition and obviously it went well. Uh, mm -hmm. What did you What did you think when you left? Did you think, oh, well, that was cool. Or did you think I'm going to be a star? You know what? It's, in, it's crazy. And people probably think that I'm so crazy, but this is like so the 100% truth. Like I told you before, I had no clue who he was. So I didn't really take this situation seriously. I've been singing for forever. And, and the place that they were actually holding the audition, it was somewhere that I sang very often. So I wasn't really that much out of my comfort zone. So I really kind of sang and went about my way because I had something to do that night. I had another gig that night. So, yeah. So I gave him my card and I was like, yeah, call me. And actually, if I would have paid attention thoroughly, at that time, Jeff Basker actually told me that he had a song for me. And Mark was like, no, you can't tell her that. But I, I, like I said, I didn't know who he was. So it was just like, oh, okay, well, just call me. Gave them my card. They actually called. They actually called. They had one of the representatives call me. But it was they were calling me from California. And me being from Mississippi, I'm not used to people from California calling me at that time. So I was like, that's a bill collector. Like, who is this calling me? <laughs> So I never, like, <laughs> I never answered the phone, actually. 
Like I, I kind of was running away from it, like not intentionally at all. It was, it was really, I just wasn't aware. I was like, who was this calling me? And they never left a voicemail or anything. They just consistently called. And I'm like, this is a bill collector. When I get the money, I'll pay you, you know, like this, <laughs> that's what my head was like, honestly, like wholeheartedly. So how they end up actually uh, getting in contact with me was through a mutual friend that had audition and they brought us down to Memphis. Uh, well, we recorded I Can't Lose, but they brought me down to um, Al Green's studio, and I also visited Elvis Presley's studio, Sun Studios, and during the process of recording, Mark pulled me to the side, and he asked me, was I ready to be a superstar? And I was like, don't fucking play with me, like, don't, don't, like, don't. <laughs> Don't play with my emotions, you know? And I was like, yes, like, I'm so ready to quit my job at Comcast. Like, like yeah. So at that particular, I was I was working at a cable company. I was answering the phone. Cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I was, so, yeah, it, to be honest, it's been history ever since. Like, once I actually got to Memphis and I kind of was aware, like, I'm in Al Green Studios. I'm in Elvis Presley Studios. Like, this is a historical moment. Maybe, like, th that particular night, I went to my hotel room and I did a little research and I was just like, oh, shit, like, these are real people. Like, this is a legitimate person. And I've just been kind of, like, you know, being nonchalant about it. Like, oh, you want me to sing? Sure, I'll sing. <laughs> I'm so how long ago was it that you recorded the song? Uh, we recorded I Can't Lose in February of 2014. So, okay, so it's been about a year and a half yes. since, since it all kicked off. And how, uh, like, because it, it it's gone a bit crazy for you, hasn't it? Like, it the, has. Like, we, we met you in Dublin. <laughs> right. So how have things changed for you? Um, you know, things have definitely changed. It's almost like I tell people all the time, like I'm literally like living inside of a dream. I would say that after the song actually came out, I didn't realize how much like radio play and how much like publicity the song had gotten. Like I was just honored to sing and be in the presence of like such awesome producers, you know, like and just an awesome caliber of people. And once it kind of like everything spent off and I think I had the first moment when <laughs> when I was in a I was in H&M, I was in a store shopping, like a store that I just regularly shop at. And I was I was I don't know what I was doing. I was in a dressing room, actually. And I was like, I heard this song and I'm like, I was singing a song and I'm like, I know this song. And why do I know this song? And like once the beat dropped, and I was like, wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's me. And so like I think at that moment, I definitely shed like a bunch of tears, kind of called my mom. And I think Glastonbury was my first show in England, and that was like a surreal moment for me. So yeah, I, I think I'm literally like just kind of living in a dream. I'm kind of, I'm amazed just as other people are amazed. You know. <laughs> wow. And how how has your parents reacted? How have they like how have they been? You know, uh, when I initially just started singing out, they of course they uh, encouraged me to sing gospel music, and I would never like not sing gospel. Like I'm not a heathen, you know. So no, <laughs> <laughs> I would never like just not sing gospel. But it's it's just not like when I write with my natural flow. That's just not my flow. But um, 
with my parents, it's it's been like a, a process. I think the more the more I came out and the more everything basically was brought into the light is the more they were starting to be supportive. Because at first, to them, I was just hopping on airplanes and, you know, yeah. what are you doing? Like, you know, what are you doing? I don't think we see that you're leaving home. I don't think we, we only hear what you're saying. But when the articles start coming out and, yeah, and, yeah. It must be amazing for them to know that you're, like, doing something like Glastonbury or, you know, things like that. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, I suppose, when there was the, the trouble, that you know, you have to leave the choir. Uh, right. I mean... You've, you've been set on this path now for something that's so, like, the potential, right. the potential. Right. Just, like, things have changed so much for you in a year. I mean, right. who knows what's going to happen in another year? I mean, do you know, do you right. have any plans? Yes, right now, um, we just recently came, I just recently came off the summer tour with Mark for the album. So, um with him coming off the road, me coming off the road, we're trying to get in the studio. We're getting in the studio. We're gonna make an album. We're gonna make more music. That's cool. what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna. Do. So this time next year, we'll be talking about the songs on my album. That must be really exciting. That's definitely exciting, just to be able to pour my heart out to the world, you know, um, and to feel like all the shit you've gone through in life isn't in vain, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what about your friends and stuff like that? It must be so strange for them to, you know, because it's, it's not like you're doing well in America or you're doing well in Mississippi. I mean, it, it's worldwide. Like, It is worldwide. And, you know, I will say during this journey, it's been interesting. I don't really have a lot of friends. Like, I'm kind of like a loner. I do have friends. I have, I have my special few, like, my I would I would call them my Fab Five. Like, <laughs> <We> <laughs> I would call them like five. I have like my Fab Five. You know, I have my Ashley, my Maria. I have my 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 first like my cousin. I have a cousin named Tutu that I love dearly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would say like my Fab Five. And when you were growing up, who were the people that you were looking at uh, on TV and going, yeah, you know? Who were your big influences? Yeah, me being 25, I was born in 90. Woo woo, 90 baby. 1990, 90, oh my God. I was, I was born in 1990, yes. So I think I was born like when, you know, when R&B and hip hop was like making the scene real tough. So I grew up like kind of, first of all, I wasn't supposed to watch anything secular. Like I so I had to sneak to watch these things because we weren't able to watch anything if it wasn't like gospel or biblical or religious. So okay. if I wasn't like at my friend's house or like in my room locked up and I knew my mom or my grandmama or my granddaddy was like not at home or doing something that I could watch it, I would watch it. But uh so I remember like Beyonce, Bills, Bills, Bills. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like that was, I was in front of, you know, trying to figure out those dances. Like We were all I trying remember, to figure out those dances. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> I remember I remember singing um the I'm a survivor. I'm not, I remember singing that like in my fifth grade talent show. So it's you know, yeah. But just kind of influences. I grew up on Lauryn Hill. I'm a Lauryn Hill fanatic. I actually just saw her in concert live this month for the first time. 
And wow. oh my God, like, oh my God, like, oh my God, like, it was orgasmic. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't to do, like, can I say these things? Well, you can tell, you can say whatever you want. It's totally cool. That's amazing. That was crazy. So, two two people on my bucket list have already been checked off, and I've seen them month back who, to back. Who was I the saw other Shaka one? Khan in August. Oh, wow. I, I sang um, in August. I, I was. I was privileged to be on the bill at the Jackson Rhythm and Blues Festival here in Mississippi. And they had Shaka Khan as one of the headliners. So I was privileged to be able to, you know, open up for her. Open up as one of the open acts prior did, to her coming on. Did you get did you get to meet her? I didn't get to meet her like personally, no. I actually like left before her set, just me having to be there the whole time and you know, <laughs> me having a set of my own. But I had to like experience her. Like I was literally like in front of her, like on like directly, directly in front of the stage. And you know, in Rolling Stone, they're calling me a young Shaka Khan. Yeah. And so with her being a redhead, me being a redhead, her being the zodiac sign of Aries, I'm a zodiac sign of Aries. I just feel like she's my mother and she doesn't know it. Yeah, you are <laughs> definitely the new Shaka Khan. You've got that growly sort of voice and so yeah, yeah, yeah you you're definitely her. <laughs> it's like you know, I was just amazed at her fabulousness. Like she, it was just yeah, was she's all... oh, ain't nobody. That's like ain't nobody no, will ain't touch nobody. that song. No, Kano. And then she sings it so effortlessly. Like, you know, like yeah. anytime you can sashay across the stage with flat sandals on and just like be super cute and like, uh, it's just, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> give me, give life, feed my soul. Oh, and have you, ha what's been the moment, I suppose, in the past, say, 18 months where you've taught yourself, oh my God, I have arrived? <laughs> Um, what was the moment? I think <laughs> Glastonbury was definitely a moment, but um, my first television performance was a moment for me. Like, it was a lot for me to take in. I actually performed on the Alan Carr show this past summer. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I performed there. That was my first tele. that was my TV, my TV debut. Uh, so I, I performed at his his season finale, actually, which is awesome. And I was uh, there with the cast of Entourage. I was there with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I got to sing on his bar, like, cool. on his after party the next day. So that was pretty cool. Wow. So I think, I think once I walked into, um, I walked on set basically for sound check for the Alan Carr show. And when I walked on set, like I've never seen my name that big, like my name, me and Mark's name was basically the, the set scene. Wow. And it was like, I was so overwhelmed. Like I didn't know whether to laugh, to cry, to smile, to like, I just didn't know how to feel, you know? It was just like, yeah, it was kind of like a mama, I made it. <laughs> It's so brilliant. Before uh, I met you that day, I'd actually heard Mark Ronson was doing an interview in Ireland talking about your story and uh, he just seemed so full of just excitement about your voice. He didn't want to talk about any other song on the album, nothing. It was just like, yeah, this girl, you've got you, this girl, it's going to happen for her. It is. I love Mark. Mark is awesome. He's an awesome producer. Like he's a musical genius. Him and my uh, my producer Jeff Basket. Like they're so awesome. They're so like 
motivating and patient because like for them to meet me in so in such a raw form and you know and to have the patience to deal with me and like okay we're going to get this right and we're going to do this but once we get it we got it <laughs> and there's gonna there's definitely going to be people out there who are in the situation that you were in uh, a few years ago you know things not going right for them and you know maybe right. they're, they're losing the place that they get to do their thing you know which, which right. is what happened to you you lot you you're lost. You couldn't right. sing in church anymore. Do you have anything? Well, like, what's what's your advice for those people? My advice for anybody who just kind of going through something, trying to get to that next level, um, be persistent, man. Don't give up. And I would say, I hate to be cliche. I hate to just go Bible book on you, but all things work for the good. You know, yeah. you have to be optimistic. You have to be positive. And it could definitely be worse. So I like with me, once I stopped feeling like victimizing myself, saying what was wrong or what I didn't have, and just like solely utilizing all of the resources that I did have and just taking advantage of any opportunity, you know, my time came, my moment came. It's not, I feel like it's not about chasing a dream. You just have to, you have to meet it halfway, you know? Do you have any nerves about the whole thing or do you just have 100% self-belief? I mean, I'm human. So I would say, I mean, I have anxieties and insecurities just like anybody else. But I don't don't let that overwhelm me. I don't let that consume me. And I feel like whatever you feed, that's what grows. So I feed my faith versus my fear. Is that your faith in God? My faith in God, my faith in myself. Like, I believe in me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in me. So, yeah. But I I do think you need that because I think in entertainment, it's so easy to get a kick in from the whole thing. You know, I mean, it like, it's hard. It's definitely hard. It's hard because it's so, you have so many options, you know. Of course, I have to be smart. You have to be business minded. You have to be strategic in that sense. But just as far as like the music, I feel like the music will speak for itself. If it's authentic, if it's true, if it's pure, you'll reach who you're supposed to reach. I mean, you can't reach them all. Please. You'll definitely reach who you're supposed to reach. Your daughter, she must be so proud. How's she dealing with the whole thing? It's kind of funny because like, <laughs> of course, my daughter, she she knew I can't lose before I can't lose was I can't lose. Okay. Like she knew it when I was trying to learn it. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, like just seeing her, like her. It's almost like she's experiencing everything with me, because when I send her pictures when I'm away from home, and thank God for technology. She she basically told me when she saw my video, my music video for the first time, which was it melted my heart. She was like, "Mommy, you're a superstar." And like at that moment, I felt like I, like I, I had accomplished something. She doesn't even know, like she's my sole motivation anyway, like to like get my stuff together because I had something else to live for, you know? I'm building right now to make my rooftop her foundation. That's pretty impressive. That's a good way to finish. <laughs> Is there anything that has really surprised you about the way the whole industry works or the way being a pop singer works? I, I'm not that surprised by too much of anything, you know, because <laughs> I kind of like I kind of like just prepare myself for the worst to like expect, not necessarily expect the worst, but like, but you're I'm ready for open, it. I'm open-minded, you know, like, I'm just open-minded. So I just never put anything past anybody. <laughs> so, oh, uh, but, hmm. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a It's a great journey you're on. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for your album to come out. I bet it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. It's definitely going to be awesome. 
I think to answer your question, though, I think the, the one of the things that kind of amazed me the most, just how people in, you know, I'm, of course, I'm from the States, uh, people in other countries to me and being at other festivals and performing other places to me uh, is as much is more unity in other countries. It seems yeah. to, that it, amazes me. It must be strange to arrive somewhere for the very first time and to for people to already know your work. That must be yes. so strange. That is totally strange. And it's kind of funny because like uh, over there, it's more so, you know, I'm more, I'm more noticed yeah. than here. And it's funny because my song plays here. It's like the colleges are playing my songs and bands and my song plays in the mall. But it's almost like I've been in a store where my song is playing and they just don't know that I'm in the store with them. But wow. I never say anything. I'm, I think I'm okay with it. Well, thanks so much for doing this. It's been amazing. We'll chop it down. Like we'll chop it down into about maybe 20 minutes. Cool. And we'll talk about the way we met you, which was still so funny. <laughs> That is funny. You never know who you're going to meet when you go for a coffee. I know. I know. I know. That's why I have to watch my bummy ways because I will definitely put on a hoodie, as you saw, <laughs> <laughs> and sweatpants and yeah. sneakers and Nikes and go about my way. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years' time? Because we'll be in the same place having coffee and you'll be coming down that stairs with a whole load of PAs and you won't need me well, to carry your case. <laughs> <laughs> no, no autographs. No autographs. No autographs. Not today. Keanu's tired. <laughs> I got to email you when your album comes out and say, "Hey, remember me?" <laughs> yes. 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 No. And by that time, you'll have a television show, and we'll be interviewing again. Yeah, we'll just—that's exactly what it'll be. It'll just be the two of us sitting on a couch, just talking about the world. Talking about the world. Cool. Listen, take care. Thank you. Thank you. Speak to you soon. How cool was she? Right, that's it for me. Thanks to my guests, Hallie Ridgway and Kiani Starr. You can follow Hallie on Twitter at Hallie Ridgway or on Instagram at Hallie underscore Ridgway. And make sure you check out that YouTube clip of Hallie because it will just set you up for the day. Kiani is on Instagram and Twitter as Kiani Starr, spelled key one star with two R's. I'm at Garrod Farrelly on Twitter and we have a new email address here. It's fascinated at headstuff.org. That's fascinated at headstuff.org. So drop me a line if you have an idea for a guest or if you just want to get in touch. Make sure to check out the Headstuff podcast and website for lots of cool new articles, including Alison Spittle has a new column and it's absolutely great. She's just fantastically funny. PJ Galler has his own podcast with Suzanne Kane and it's called Dubland and it's absolutely great. So be sure to check that out. If you're stuck in traffic, just turn it on and let PJ do your ranting for you. Remember, like, rate, review, share. Thanks for listening. So Bruno Mars was so taken with the way that Kiani said Jackson, Mississippi, that he wrote it into Uptown Funk. Jackson, Mississippi. But as you can hear, Kiani is just effortlessly cool, which got me thinking, I wonder can an Irish comedian be effortlessly cool? Jackson, Mississippi. 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 No, no, they can't. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.
dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes, light, comfy, good to go to.